This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D I E T Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hi, everyone. Matthew here. This is a special episode of Spilled Milk recorded in front of a live audience at the Queen Anne Farmers Market in Seattle on July 29th, 2010. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And uh, this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Except we're not cooking anything today. We're just talking. Yeah, we're just talking. We have decided to talk about tomatoes today. Yes. And um, if you haven't heard our show before, we... um we are on iTunes and on the web at SpilledMilkPodcast.com, and uh, we, we do a show every other week, and we've covered all sorts of food-related topics, everything from uh, breakfast cereal to what else have we done recently? Let's see. We've done rhubarb. We've done ham. Yes. The ham um, episode is very crispy good. Crispy potatoes. Oh. Yep. Set off the smoke alarm on that one. Yes. Yep. We, um, typic- typically, we, we sustain some sort of injury or life-threatening situation, not, not always involving audio equipment, but sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to be talking tomatoes. We're going to be talking heirloom tomatoes, and we um, we decided on tomatoes for uh, for a really important reason, um, which is that uh, we think they're probably the funniest produce item that's in season at this time. Yeah, we're just hoping you don't throw them at us. We were we were thinking we were thinking about cucumbers, zucchinis. Those are funny, but uh, but tomatoes, yes. So feel free to come closer. I know there's not much shade, but you can you can like smell the the fresh tomatoes. <laughs> it smells really nice up here. <laughs> you can you can smell the talent. <laughs> okay, so are, are are you ready? Are you ready to be stumped? I'm. Oh, I'm ready. So Matthew has um, Matthew's prepared for me to to get things rolling today. Matthew's prepared a, a quiz. He's going to try to stump me on heirloom tomato names. Okay, so as you know, there are lots of heirloom tomatoes with funny names. So so what I've done is <laughs> I have a list here that is partially real heirloom tomato names and some that I made up, and also uh, with the help of uh, some of my friends. So, so I'm going to read off the name, and Molly is going to say um, whether whether she believes that it is a real tomato or a fake tomato. Okay, I'm, I'm not. I promise, I'm not going to cheat and look at the sheet of paper, I, even though right. I just saw it by accident. And I, I didn't. I didn't. There's no prize if you win. Oh, but okay. but if you but if you if then you I'm, get them every time you got one wrong, I'll laugh. Okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> okay, number one, the German Johnson. Oh, <laughs> wow! What, what what's funny about that? <laughs> um. I'm going to guess that that's real. That is real. Woo-hoo, yeah. All right. <laughs> Grandma's recliner. 
<laughs> I'm going to guess that that's not real. Not real. Okay, if you get them all right, then I'll know I didn't make a very good pick tomato <laughs> names. Okay. And I was, I was hoping that was my ticket to stardom. <laughs> Banana legs. Um, I'm going to guess that's a real one. Yep. <laughs> wow, three for three. Woo. Is, someone, is someone in the all audience right. giving tomato <laughs> hand signals? <laughs> it's your mom, actually. Yep, <laughs> yep. She's got it in for you. Mr. Stripey. <laughs> Not a tomato name, Matthew, please. It's real. Really? Wow, Mr. Stripey. I would never have gotten that one. I didn't get that one, clearly. Go on. Bosom of Wilhelmina. <laughs> um, <laughs> you couldn't make that stuff up. That's a real tomato name. I totally made that one up. I'm so <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> All right, go on. Okay, we got five more. Okay. Stump of the world. <laughs> Stump of the world. Uh, not a real tomato name. It's real. <laughs> All right, go on. Hank. <laughs> not a real tomato name. It's real. <laughs> really I'm, so, I'm so enjoying how this is turning You're out. You're really good at this. Go on. Miso Squishy. <laughs> that is not a real tomato name. You're right, it's how not. How stupid do you think I am? Go on. Livingston's Gold Ball. That's a real tomato name. Absolutely real. Okay. Orangette. <laughs> Not a real tomato okay. name. I figured I'd try. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for putting yourself through the, yes. uh, the heirloom tomato quiz. I'm amazed. You stumped me. I, I really I'm, I really didn't think you were... I, I'm sorry. I didn't think that your comedic genius was maybe going to be up to it, but I didn't wow, think so either. That was awesome. <laughs> well, so... I guess, you know, we should start out by talking about, uh, you know, where we got these tomatoes and the different varieties of them and maybe talk about how we chose them. Yes. Okay. Well, um, we went to Billy's today, which is directly over, over there. And um, it is at Tomato. It's a festival of gorgeous tomatoes over there right now. So um, we, we selected one of each. And uh, Matthew, do you want to start it off? Um, yes, I re uh, I'm going to start over at this end because this is the one uh, whose name I remember so far. Um, this is the Paul Robeson. By the way, th these are going to be all real tomato names from here on out. <laughs> I I'm not making up tomato <laughs> names on the fly. I'm particularly excited about the Paul Robeson because I really like these ones that get really ugly. This one's pretty gnarly. Admittedly, it was in the seconds box. But anyway, it looks like it's forming some sort of second tomato off to the side. Anyway, this one is um, it's really nice and meaty. It's maybe not as juicy as the beefsteak, which we'll get to in just a minute. It's nice and meaty. It's pretty sweet, but it's still got some acidity to it. So it's one of my favorites. And, I, and it's, I, uh, I, it's got a nice color on the plate. I feel about factory seconds tomatoes the same way I feel about factory seconds pants. I'm all for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably I'm probably wearing. True. I mean, there is nothing now. wrong with this tomato except the fact that it just is a little oddly shaped. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of creepy looking. Yes. Okay, so next we have a brandy wine. This one has a bit of a pinkish tint to it. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes kind of a darkish darkish interior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's a beautifully complex tomato. Um, you know, it's it's firm. It's it's a good slicing tomato, but it's kind of got flavor that goes on forever. Would you say that it's um, that it's pretty sweet and low acid, or is, does it have more acidity to it? It, I, I think of it as being fairly low acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that the um, the ones that are sort of heading toward orange or yellow, like this guy, are pretty low acid and tend to be really sweet with not a lot of not a lot of nice brightness. And to in them. fact, this was a yellow brandy wine, right? Yes, it okay. was. It was there we indeed. Go. Okay, so we have the classic beef steak. 
which we probably don't need to tell you much about. Which I think could also be called Grandma's Recliner, because I think of it as like the Grandma <laughs> tomato. It's like yeah. the ultimate American tomato, that one. That's right. Anyone who goes over to, to Billy's and demands a Grandma's Recliner, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies over there are not going to like us a lot today. Right. And except, except you're all going to go buy their tomatoes, so I think, I think it'll all work out. And then we, we have a, a, a Sappho here, also not, not, not made up. Yep, not made up. And that one is pretty soft and very, very juicy. Lots of nice sort of tomato seeds and pulp inside. Yeah, it's kind of the next size up from a cherry tomato. So like a plum. No, there, are, there is such a thing as a plum tomato. Apricot tomato? Anyone? <laughs> okay, so what I want to know, what I want to be schooled on here, um, yes. and uh, I, I like getting schooled in general, but I want to know, I feel like I have bad luck choosing a tomato. That like, for me, it's, it's a total Russian roulette game that uh, I'll, like, you know, kind of poke around and, like, pick up what looks like a beautiful tomato. And often it's wonderful, and sometimes it's flavorless, and I just don't know how to tell the difference before I buy. And I wonder if you can help me with this problem. Well, do you think it's a matter of the type of tomato you're choosing, or do you think you're, you're just a genuinely bad tomato assessor? I, I think it may be that I kind of go for a different type each time, and I never spend enough uh, with one type of tomato to really get to know its nuances and don't read anything into that. Well, my feeling is, so, you know, in general, what I'm looking for, well, well let's talk about the old grandma's recliner here. In, <laughs> in general, what I'm looking for is I want the skin to be nice and taut. Sometimes, um, you know, if they're a little bruised or if they're overripe um, or starting to get a little softer mealy, the skin sort of wrinkles a little bit, which is what I'm, I am not into. Which is not, that. which is why it's called grandma's recliner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, Grandma. So I'm looking for this to be firm. I'm looking for it to have a deep red color. And, you know, I, I like it sometimes if it splits a little bit at the top. Often it means it's a little bit sweeter. Um, and I'm also looking for the smell of it. But I have to say that I found that to be misleading. Everybody's always taught me to, to choose tomatoes based on the smell. But the smell of the stem, it always smells good. Tomato stems just smell so good. So I would say that smelling, you have to really look at it. You have to feel it. You want it to be heavy for its size. Smelling is not a, a foolproof way to choose a tomato. It's not really a foolproof way to choose anything. <laughs> Except maybe perfume or something. I don't know. Okay, so do you think if I if I did spend more time with a particular tomato variety and and uh, you know got to got to really know it and, and bring it into my life, then then I might get more of a sixth sense about it. Maybe so. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe you need to have like your summer of Granny's recliner or something so that you can really get to know the old beefsteak. But I don't know. I think each of them <laughs> get to think... know the old beefsteak. Think... Our motto. <laughs> I think that um, I think each one is a little different, and I don't think you need to limit yourself, Matthew. I think you just okay. have to really take your time. You don't want it to be squishy. You don't want it to have Unless wrinkly it's a miso skin, right. <laughs> which doesn't exist. Right. Um, anyway, and then you know, it's always it's not a bad idea to smell it. It's just the smell can be misleading. I think that maybe the problem is that I've been choosing tomatoes that don't actually exist. Yeah, those, those <laughs> are so. really, really flavorless. The, yeah, the non-existent tomatoes are—they right. really—they taste like nothing, really. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. we should move on. <laughs> so, let's um, let's talk a little bit about what to do with tomatoes, since uh, since I assume lots of you will be taking home tomatoes today. We should talk about what to do with them, Matthew. What do you do with a tomato? Let's uh, talk only fresh tomatoes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I use I use canned tomatoes when fresh tomatoes aren't in season, but this time of year. Um, you know, I love to make I love to make the simplest pasta sauce. Like you know, crush a clove of garlic, heat it up in some olive oil, throw in some tomatoes that you've roughly chopped, and just cook it over over medium high heat for like a couple minutes until they start to fall apart. And you know, that's just perfect. And do you think that like 
because I, I have I, I don't know I've always had trouble with fresh tomato sauces sometimes I feel like they you lose what's so great about a tomato when you kind of get it all well I think mashed up like that I think that the tendency to, with any tomato sauce is is to is to cook it too long mm. um, you know that if it's like a meat based tomato sauce you want to do that but a uh, you know a fresh tomato sauce you know I think five minutes is enough time um, in the pan you know over over high heat is fine and you know just uh, cook the heck out of it for five minutes and it's still it definitely still retains that fresh tomato flavor you could you could easily pick it out from a canned tomato sauce what do you think about the tomato sandwich the I, old tomato mayonnaise sandwich I'm I'm kind of iffy on mayonnaise, but uh, you know, thinking about it oh, right now, especially with is this a condiment problem it, again? It may, yeah, Matthew, I have, Matthew I have this has condiment some thing. Condiment phobias. Right, we're we're going to get into this in a big way on on our next next episode, <laughs> recorded episode. Um, but uh, like, yeah, no, a, a bacon bacon and tomato sandwich with with mayonnaise, I would I would be all over that. What about? Would you feel better? I know that my mother in law does a tomato sandwich with butter instead of mayonnaise. How would you feel about that? I think that sounds pretty good too. I, I think no? I think no? I find, oh, find either is, one. Henry is really <laughs> my, appalled by the thought of it. My my <laughs> wife is my wife is giggling as if she knows something about my tomato predilections. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I think either way, I, I would be happy with it. Okay. All right. You know, um, for all of you people who do like mayonnaise, uh, Matthew, cover your ears. Um, I, the other night, I didn't really have any good bread for making tomato or mayo, san- tomato and mayo or butter sandwiches. And so I just sliced a tomato and smeared it with mayonnaise and did a whole bunch like that and put them out on a platter, put some chopped parsley and chopped chives on top and then drizzled a little bit of olive oil over the whole thing. And it was awesome. And did you, did you just eat that yourself? Uh, Brandon shared it with me, actually. Okay. We kind of fought over it. But I actually, I got the idea from Canal House Cooking. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, the cookbook it's, series? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty great. And they have lots of tomato ideas. So um, so anyway, that's a good one. Um, yeah, no, I was afraid you were going to say something like a tomato and mayonnaise milkshake. So. <laughs> it does pretty <laughs> much always to, come back to compared milkshakes. Compared to what I conjured up, that was, that was relatively benign. And the other thing that I would say is... Um, I, I don't know. I really like to, um, especially with the plum tomatoes, I always roast them. And I sort of roast oh, the yes. living daylights out of them. Like, you know, set the oven to maybe 175 or mm-hmm. 200. And, uh, and you can even keep them in there for like eight hours. Put them in right before bed. Take them out the next morning. And they'll sort of be like oven-dried tomatoes, but and actually not that leathery. They'll, be, they'll still have some juiciness to them. So I would do that with plum tomatoes. I don't think there are any stands here today that have plum tomatoes, but there's some really, I've they'll seen be, some good ones at soon. other markets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I think Lynn Rosetto Casper calls that oven candied tomatoes, which is just the perfect term. That is for me totally the perfect term. Lynn Rosetto Casper gets it all right. Yeah. She, I bet she's made up some really awesome tomato names in her time. Probably real ones. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Another another thing I like to do with a, with a fresh tomato is uh, stir fry it, which you don't really think about stir frying tomatoes, but it actually works really well. Like a beef and tomato stir fry is a classic like Hong Kong lunch dish. And uh, you know, I could I could eat that for lunch every day and be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, we are, we're also we're doing a tomato sandwich right now. Tomato sandwich. We're doing wow. tomato sandwich I am right now. Really into the tomato sandwiches. We're doing a tomato salad at Delancey right now that I think you may have eaten recently, or maybe no, you guys. You didn't eat it. That's right, because I gave you a hard time for not eating it. Right. Uh, it's it's um, summer gem tomatoes, which are a lot like these Sappho ones. They're these little juicy guys with um, with uh, a vinaigrette that's got lots of shallots that we um, macerated in red wine vinegar and some olive oil. So those tomatoes, that shallot vinaigrette, and um, some preserved lemon or preserved Meyer lemon um, that we 
mints and uh, and some feta, and that is delicious. Okay, you you so. win. That is, I can't come up with anything to do with summer tomatoes better than that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks again. guys. Oh, and we forgot to thank Glenn Fleischman, our producer, author, journalist, producer, man about town. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.